Hi, I'm Corey Nathan, and this is Talking Politics and Religion Without Killing Each Other. Your home for engaging conversations about the topics that matter most in our culture. If you love nuance, if you want to better understand different points of view, if you're tired of the screamers taking all the oxygen out of the room, if you'll enjoy edifying, provocative, and fun conversations among high-profile public figures and regular folks like me, you love talking politics and religion without killing each other. Thanks for spending some time with us. Enjoy today's show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are talking politics and religion without killing each other. So glad to have a place to talk politics and culture and important stuff without a bunch of screamers. And that way, Woo-hoo! are you screaming? Are you breaking the rules already, Jess? <laughs> That's what I'm here for. How you doing? Is everything like you've been in the thick of it? Like you have friends in Afghanistan and how are you doing? There's some hope on the horizon. So keep keep the prayers coming. Good. But it's brutal. It's yeah. Wonderful to see what Americans can do when they are faced with a crisis. I will say that. Yeah, you haven't been sleeping much, so um, I appreciate your work. Time to get my hair done, which okay. nobody can see because it's audio only. But <laughs> I can see it. We, we appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, so as you can hear, we are joined by the lady who crosses all divides, who wrote Crossing the Divide, and my partner in crime, Jessica, the reporter, Stone. And today we're doing another installment of our series about engaged citizen and the folks of our town. We're joined by Beth Bronstein. Beth is currently a director on the SCV Water Board, which provides responsible water stewardship to ensure the Santa Cruz Valley has reliable supplies of high quality water at a reasonable cost. Um, Now, I I need to say that uh, Beth is here speaking on her own behalf not on behalf of the board of directors or the agency. But, you know, we wanted to have the conversation because being that Santa Clarita is considered a high desert or it's it's uh, connected to a high desert area, you know, fulfilling the mission of the agency is not an easy lift. So we'll learn more about Beth's background today. But I was excited to speak with her for one, because we're just encouraged by citizens like Beth engaging in our community and also because the issue of water and water shortages have been a concern for many over the past few years. So Beth, thank you for joining us. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's, it's a pleasure being here and I'm, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Oh, you know, doing good, doing good. You know, every day is an adventure. This last year or so has been challenging for us all, uh, you know, but uh, getting through it, muddling our way through. So glad to, glad to be here with you. So I wanted to start with a little bit about your background. You were born in Florida, but grew up in Israel, where you met your high school sweetheart, who is your husband to this day, and also happens to be, I should say, a great guy. I've known him for many years. When did you guys move back to the States? We actually moved back to the States, right, a little on November of uh, 2001. So right after September 11th. Great timing. We We moved to New York. Yes. Okay. Oh, wow. Even better timing. It was great timing. Yes, I know. <laughs> was that th- something that you had planned or was what happened on 9-11 part of the impetus or what were the circumstances there? Just like most things in life that our path just took us that way. And, you know, we were, we were thinking about it. My husband was here looking at some 
you know, working here a little bit, wondering if we sh should make the move or not. And then right before everything happened, he made we made the decision. He stayed longer, and then I joined him with our two kids at the time. Mm, right, right. And then you moved out to LA, um, but you you were initially living like in LA or San Fernando Valley. You, you didn't move immediately out to Santa Clarita, right? Right. We first moved out to Pico Robertson area. Okay. And then we moved um, to North Hollywood Valley Village area, and okay. then we came out here. Wait, so what prompted the move to Santa Clarita? You know, Santa Clarita is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it really is, isn't it? I haven't been invited yet, um, Beth. So maybe I can maybe get myself an invite from Corey to come visit this beautiful mythic place called Santa Clarita. <laughs> I don't know. This, I, I it's, okay, so the, the, the Jewish half is is work in the Jewish guilt part really, really. Oh well, yeah, stir <laughs> right. in the pot. Consider yourself officially invited. We got. Remember, my mom grew up Catholic. I've got the best of both worlds when it comes to guilt. <laughs> exactly, Jews invented it. Catholics perfected it. Amen. Yeah. All right. So, what prompted the move up? To it? So it's beautiful and. Well, I, I drove past here um, a few times. I homeschool my kids, and we had testing out here. And driving out here, it really reminded me of Israel. Oh. <laughs> and it reminded me of like the area where I grew up. And it was just really, really beautiful. And when we were thinking about where, what are we going to do next? You know, do we want to go? And my dream was always to live on a farm. Or um, where are we going to go and live in like a condo in the middle of a city? This one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving out here, having space. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that um, before before we get to the water, the SEV water agency. And I, so you have a hobby farm. And, and I was wondering, I was in uh, I, I have family in Israel. I went to Israel uh, many years ago and uh, we spent some time on a kibbutz. And I have to say that kibbutz, I did connect it to here because when we first moved out here many years ago, uh, there were still a lot of orange groves. If you ever drive down the 126, it does remind me a little bit of that. So you with the hobby farm, is there a connection? Kibbutzim in, in Israel, hobby farm? Well, no, unfortunately in Israel, I never got my hands on that farm life oh. or kibbutz kind of thing. Yeah. But I, I've always wanted to be surrounded by animals. Um, <laughs> I do my best. I have <laughs> my... Like, but not Florida animals like alligators. Like Well... I was born in, in Gainesville, Florida, so. Um, I'm just thinking you were looking for a change of scenery. You wanted domesticated animals. Where did you get this picture in your mind of like the idyllic, I mean, is this peaceable kingdom stuff? <laughs> I mean, I would be happy with gators too, to be perfectly honest. Whoa, um, <laughs> there's a breaking news story right there. Don't let them into the waterboard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was really the place that we could have it, have the space, get mm. back a little bit back to nature. And again, anything that I can do to help my kids understand the world better is something that I enjoy doing. Yeah. So that's where this came from. And my kids were really excited about having chickens. Oh, we, <laughs> we now have 35 chickens. That's and quite a yeah. few. I would imagine you have a lot of eggs as well. We do have quite a lot of eggs. <laughs> We've learned so much. Um, I always laugh that when it comes to science, I'm like, my kids live it every day. You know, yeah. like <laughs> they get to experience that. But now we also have sheep and goats and a donkey named Potter. 
Potter, Potter the donkey. I love it. So what prompted you to get involved in local politics and run for the board of directors for the SEV Water Agency? Uh, I think that it was a multiple things. Uh, if, to begin with, we were living through um, what looked to be a very toxic election cycle. And it was getting very frustrating just watching from the sidelines and seeing everything that was happening, seeing things that were being, that were happening here in Santa Clarita and just really feeling like we need to change something, the environment, um, the leaders here need to change because I really do think that the leadership, having the right leadership means, means a lot, you know, when, when you have a leader that says that you, that's okay with you talking about people in a certain way, then people feel like you can talk about people in a certain way. When you have leaders that tend to be more respectful and compassionate, I think that, you know, people follow suit and are more compassionate and respectful of other people. And so there was that component of it, just sitting there on the sidelines and being really frustrated and wanting to do something. And at the same time, there was also, um, I'm, I'm a big believer in term limits, big believer in term mm. limits. Um, I think it's healthy. I think that, you know, keeping people updated and it keeps everybody on their toes, really. Um, and a lot of the water board members have been there for an extremely long time. And I really thought that having a new perspective would be something that is very valuable and on top of that, third thing is I like doing things that people think that I can't do. Mm. I like this part of you, Beth. Do tell. <laughs> so, you know, being a mom, and basically that's my claim to fame up until now, I think people tend to look at you in a certain way. I don't really have a bio to go look back and say, oh, I did this and this and this. I've been a mom since I was 18 and a half. And as a proud feminist, I believe that every woman gets to choose her path and what works for her. And what worked for me does not work for other people and that's totally okay. But that doesn't mean that I am not smart and I am not capable and that I don't have good reasoning skills and that I'm not capable of making good decisions. So <laughs> everybody was a little horrified when I put on my ballot designation mother because they thought that for the water board, that was the kiss of death because nobody wants just somebody that's a mother. You have to put something that qualifies with water on it. And so I was actually really humbled that people actually elected me because I think that we need to start changing the way we think about the people that run for office. I love that. Wow. I, I guess I was just struck by the idea that a mom wouldn't know anything about water. Um, I get, I get the inference you're making um, that they wanted you to have, I guess, some sort of environmental degree or water conservation background. But the reality is, if you'd asked the women who were in Flint, Michigan, what was going on with their water, we would have known about that crisis a lot more quickly than we did. And maybe we did know it. And we still didn't do anything about it. But um, in your case, you know, you would have seen a lot about the use of water and the nature of water and what it was good and, and not good for. You had three priorities uh, that grew out of that for your election. 
protect our groundwater and its sources, ensure safe, clean, affordable water, and promote widespread education programs regarding our water with a focus on our youth. So can you give us a little class <laughs> on what the difference between groundwater and other kinds of water is? Can you give us a little bit more uh, about where Santa Clarita stands with respect to its water supply and maybe an overview of other types of water in other types of regions? Sure, I'll do my best. Santa Clarita actually has a really good water portfolio. We get about half of our water from imported sources and about half of our water is from our groundwater, which is, we have these underground um, rivers and that we pump out of, we have these aquifers where we pump out of them. Unfortunately, we have run into contamination issues with them. I'm sure everybody, well, I'm not sure that everybody here has heard of PFAS because when I walk into places and ask people, they don't always know about it. Sorry, well, I haven't heard about it. So can you just okay. tell me, is that an acronym or a word? It's an acronym. There's PFAS, PFAOs, and okay. all those. I think I've seen that in writing, but what does that mean? So it's this chemical, this molecule that's on a lot of water resistant items like Teflon, like the foam that the firefighters use have it in there. Um, I've heard that it's in mascara and stuff like that. But unfortunately, when we consume it, even in, you know, minor amounts, it can be very harmful and extremely harmful for, let's say, babies who, you know, even a minute amount that they can ingest through various ways of whether it's, you know, breast milk or, for, you know, water that hasn't been filtered. It's just not a good thing for babies to be exposed to. Anyway, so Santa Clarita gets half of its water more or less from um, the ground or groundwaters. And then half of it is from, it's from the state water project mostly. We do have some water banks that are now coming into play since we are in a drought and since we don't, we can't really get all the water that we would hypothetically be able to get from the state water project. Every um, agency is a lot that is part of the state water project is allotted a certain amount of a, a certain amount of water and in wet years we get all of our allotment, which is currently 95,000 acre feet. But this year, I think we've only gotten about somewhere between five, around 5% 5 of our allotment because there's no water to be have. <laughs> so if there's no water, if there's no snow in the Sierra Nevadas, if the snowpacks don't melt and then release water into the streams that then travel down to us, there's no water. However, we are lucky because we are part, we do have extra water sources. We do have banking in, in the Kern, uh, Buena Vista. We have a lot of different little things that we can pull, you know, some acre feet from here, some acre feet from there. So, I mean, this year, Santa Clarita is looking pretty good. And we are, as I said, pretty lucky. The people at the agency have been doing their job and working very hard to make sure that we have a very a, a variable, many options of water sources. And on top of that, we also do have a small percentage of recycled water that we do use. Basically, it's mostly for irrigation, for like golf 
courses and things like that. But since irrigation or outdoor use is counts for at least half, if not more, of our water uses, any little bit that we can offset leaves a little bit more that we can then use for other things. Yeah. Yeah. Gray water. Is that the term? Yeah. Yeah. Gray water. I, I was listening to um, another conversation about development in Arizona and Arizona is in much better shape in terms of its water supply because any development that happens there, the developers have to show um, how they're planning for literally a hundred years worth of water supply for that particular development. Uh, now with what's happening in Santa Cruz, there's a lot of development in Santa Cruz. I think they're putting up 40,000 homes, not too far from me down the 126. And, uh, you know, for those that aren't familiar with this valley, you know, folks who really understand the history of the Santa Cruz Valley and how it's run, every major political entity, including the water board, frankly, are really run behind the scenes by developers and special interests. Like, for example, I, I don't know if this is, these are your words, but these are my observations from having lived here. Um, Newhall Land and Ranch has long had a lot, in fact, going back to literally to, I think the 1860s or versions of that company, different iterations of that company. Have you found that that's still the case? And what, have you been able to do anything about it? Well, <laughs> that's a loaded question. <laughs> you think? <laughs> <laughs> so I would say that being the newest probably the greenest member of the water board currently. Um, I'm still making my observations. However, there are things that seem weird to me or that I think we should look into a little bit more before we go ahead with, but the water agency can't really approve, we're not really in the business of approving development. The developments are approved by the city and then we just, basically need to say if we can provide water for it. Then again, if the units that are build, being built are under 500 units, so you'll see a lot of developments that are 492, 495, 497, they don't even need that approval. Oh, wow. So that's a, like a little- A little loophole. Yes. And actually uh, there's, the water board agency this upcoming Tuesday is going to be making um, a decision about allowing um, CFDs, which are the Melarus tax that people know about. Some developments have come to the water board asking them to consider to be part of, to be part of the CFD, um, which is like a special loan that they would then be able to get better rates and they would use that money for water infrastructure that they would have to complete for their developments. But then instead of them having to pay it back, that money then is being paid back by future customers. So it's kind of like subsidizing the developers. Oh, that's interesting. Now, there's two that are coming up to the board this Tuesday, unfortunately, I will not be able to attend since it's Rosh Hashanah and they, we still have a waterborne meeting on that day. So <laughs> I won't be there to attend, but if anybody's listening to this, <laughs> or I guess it will be after probably, yeah, yeah. I hope people show up. I really hope people come in and, and um, 
make their opinions known about if they support it or don't, because this will, you know, kind of affect us here in Santa Clarita. I mean, the houses start at $843,000. This isn't like low income housing that they need help for. Yeah. There's another one um, that's the Spring Canyon one. There's a Tesoro is wants to finish its final phase where they're going to be having estates that the big starting price is 1.6. Okay. And then the lower levels are like a million dollars. So I'm still confused why we're trying to help out developers that are building million dollar houses. Mm. So that leads to another question. You brought up the polarization in our country. You, you put it in a much better way than I just did, but a more nuanced way than I just did. But, you know, so much in our country and, and even our communities have become polarized. Masks or no masks, vaccines, climate change. Mr. Potato Head has become polarized. Like, I don't know how we got here. Have you seen that kind of polarization where on any given issue, folks figure out which side their team is on and just line up that way, either on the board or among those who participate in the meetings? So I would say that on the water board, it's fairly aligned with political lines. Mm. However, I know that I have voted personally not, I guess. So there's on the water board, there are there are 12 members. There are nine men and three women. The three women happen to all be progressive and the nine men happen to be not. Mm. And so it happens often that us three women will vote one way and all the other nine will vote the other way. Very rarely do we see people actually crossing and, and changing their votes. However, I, I have voted differently than the other two women's at times. You know, I, I feel like I'm elected. I was elected to be me. Yeah. Yeah. And I will vote the way that I think I should vote. And I will listen to my conscience. Yeah. And again, it's things that I don't necessarily understand why they're partisan. So I find it confusing often because I don't, I guess I like to lead with kindness. I like to lead with compassion. I'd like, I'd like to lead with inclusion. And so when those opportunities present themselves and they really don't cost us a lot to have them happen, I'm confused why anyone regarding their political affiliation, why they wouldn't lead with those ideals. It doesn't seem to be that difficult. Um, well, I don't know a ton of people on the board, but I do. There's uh, one fellow on there, BJ Atkins, who I've known for about 20 years. Good guy, and and uh, we were in Bible studies together for for a good bit of time. So if you ever need me to take BJ out to the woodshed <laughs> and uh, talk some sense into him, just let me know. Just say the word. Me and BJ have a good rapport. So uh, <laughs> call him out right here now. Anyway, uh, uh, no, I like him. I, I like his family, and and uh, you know, but I think uh, I'm I, moving. What's that? I think they're, from what I understand, they're, they're moving to San Diego. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So at some point he's going to be abdicating his role and we will see what happens then. Corey, 
Yes. You should run for the water board. Oh, can you? Well, actually, I'm in Castaic, so I think I would be uh, Castaic Lake, the the agency for Castaic it's Lake. Valencia. Oh, it is Valencia. Yeah. Well, there used to be three water agencies. Okay. And in 2018, they all merged. Oh. To be one, to be Santa Clarita Valley Water Agency. Oh, so that includes Castaic. It used to be Valencia Castaic and it okay. used to be and Santa Clarita. Yeah. And Newhall. Oh, wow. So, yeah, people don't even that's the thing. People don't even know that there's now one water agency. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I went to a chamber. I, yeah, I should know this because I went to a chamber of commerce meeting before pandemic and we toured the agency and I, I guess I wasn't paying close enough attention. So, but it has crossed my mind, either Castaic town council or, okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to reveal some news since we're talking about local politics, there was uh, some talk uh, from a political action uh, committee, uh, a fundraising group, as well as some uh, very uh, high profile strategists to have me challenge Mike Garcia for California 25. And uh, it didn't come to fruition because they said I'd have to cut my hair. And I was like, no, I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> there was there were some other factors. Actually, when Christy like asking like, Goliath to cut his hair. <laughs> I mean, no, wait, who was the Samson, guy? Samson, 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 getting yeah. my Bible wrong. Sorry. Yeah. No, in all seriousness, one That's of them giving me a mom look right now for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> one of the major factors, uh, e even though I tend to on a policy by policy basis, I tend to be more aligned with conservatives in the classical sense, you know, sort of the National Review conservatives, the dispatch conservatives, not the, the so-called conservatives that are kind of justifying storming the Capitol. But one of the reasons I decided I didn't need to run is when Christy announced that she was running again, because as strange as it may sound, you know, when I first met Christy, I said, uh, hi, Christy, I'm Corey. I voted against you almost every time. Um, and, and you know what she said to her credit? She said, that's OK. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of points of disagreement. But, you know, why don't you get because I, I told her some of the things to your point, Jessica, is that as a small business person, some of what she was supporting uh, went against my against my best interest as a small business person. So instead of trying to debate me, her response was, you know, I have a small business committee. Uh, this is when she was running. She was um, working in the state assembly. Uh, I have a small business committee. Why don't you be part of my committee? I want to hear your ideas and I want to work your ideas into legislation that I'm supporting. I was like, that's great. We're not going to agree on everything, but as long as I can be in the conversation. So she's an Christy, amazing woman. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm a big fan. So if she runs, uh, she is running against Mike Garcia. Hell yeah, I'm going to vote for her, um, even though I'm a conservative. So I noted, uh, we're going to get a little bit into the weeds here, Beth. I noted that recently a vote was taken about whether to resume in-person meetings or adopt some uh, like a hybrid. Yes. What, what were some of the main arguments being made for the different options being explored? Well, I think all of us realized that really we were not going to have a full production remote option because that was just a lot of money. And so I think pretty fast we all realized that we're talking about a modified hybrid Zoom kind of option. And I think that some of us, well, me and the ladies, <laughs> um, <laughs> Lynn Planback and Kathy Armitage, and I all were very much in the favor of transparency and inclusion and 
it's it's proven that the more that you know people have the public has an option to be a part of the government it, it's better for everybody there's more discussion there's more um ideas that get floated back and forth i love hearing from the public also just shout out if anybody ever wants to come to either a committee meeting or a board meeting please come please comment tell us how we're screwing up i love it really like i can't tell you how much i love hearing how bad we're doing it's important <laughs> no because it's important you know nobody ever comes and says oh good job you know so is that what you say to your kids too? Like, oh yeah, a hundred percent. Oh wow, okay. I, I always tell my kids. How can I do better? <laughs> yes, that is awesome. It's my job. I'm their mom. I chose to bring them here, and then I chose to homeschool them. So definitely, if I'm doing something wrong, let me know. Wow. You know, if something's not working for you, if I said something that hurt your feelings or without knowing, or if I have some unrealistic expectation. Let me know. Let's discuss it. Why not? Huh. Interesting. So, okay. So he's not an autocrat. Let's 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 get off track here a little bit because I want to explore this. You, you guys have four kids, right? Five. Five five kids. Holy smokes. Yeah. Did you figure out what was causing it at a certain point? I heard like that's <laughs> awesome. Like yeah, Lisa, that's what Lisa said after our third kid. She's like, I figured out what this causing this, and we're gonna put a stop to that. <laughs> so it, okay, so Jessica has younger, younger kids, younger daughters. Is there like a certain age where that comes into play? Like, you know, one of Savannah's first words were, was actually, <laughs> because she was telling us, actually, this is how it's really supposed to go. You know, like, and we were just that. like, okay, so this is, yeah, no, this is not going to go this way, you know, but we, she got to a certain age where we had to deal with her. Actually, we had to deal with it, but is there, was there a certain age for you or, um, I mean, <laughs> I always joke and I say that our home is a self-contained anarchy <laughs> and I mean it in the most loving way possible. Um, I try to treat my kids with the same respect that I would like to be treated with the same way that any of us would really like to be treated with. And just because you're small and you have had less time on this earth doesn't mean that you are not entitled to yourself and to your opinions and to your thoughts. Mm. And the more open we are about discussion and dialogue, I find that I don't really have those, I guess, quote unquote, teenage moments with my kids because they know that if something's not working, they just say something about it, you know, like we're, we're here. So yeah, I mean, there, there isn't an age. I love that when my, I remember when my oldest told me that she hated me when she was five. Oh. And I was so happy. I, 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 it was horrible. This is not the way that you should react. But I was like, oh my gosh, you got to that stage. That's so exciting. <laughs> I just talked to a mom of older kids at a school meeting this week who basically said the same thing. Like, it's actually hard for her to, it's hard for her sometimes to get as excited as new moms about certain stages of development in their kids, even though she likes little kids. And I'm not like a kid person. So I didn't have children because I love children. I had children because I thought, oh, this would be, a, you know, this is something that, gosh, we're going very metaphysical here. Why did Jessica have children anyway? <laughs> I didn't ever think I would, but, um, but I would say part of the reason I did is I thought this is my one chance to kind of shape two people into the kinds of people I'd like to meet more of, you know, it's not foolproof, clearly. 
Um, <laughs> they may be masochists. We'll see, but um, I hope not. Uh, so that, and I, and I do think parenting makes you a far better person. Like I'm, I'm pretty selfish without my kids forcing me to think about them, to be honest. Mm, that's candid. Yeah. Well, it's human, right? But I did hear a mom say this week, you know, like it's, she's like, you think potty training's hard. You think like the staying up in the middle of the night because they can't sleep is hard or they're wetting the bed. Just wait when they become teenagers. And I'm like, care to share any horror stories? Because I would like to be as armed with those as possible because um, I have two girls. So I will see. There's a lot of hormones going on in the future. You know, I don't, I, I mean, I have both and I don't find that girls are any worse than guys or anything like that. I, you know, totally equal opportunity <laughs> as far as that goes. And, you know, just take it. I mean, my thing would be, you know, sense of humor. Don't take yourself oh, too yeah. seriously. I mean, I, I think you probably don't, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, they see mommy working and then I have to be like super counteract serious mommy with super silly mommy. So yeah. I think I started becoming a better parent when I wasn't anxious about what might happen tomorrow or next year or five years from now. When I was dealing, you know, obviously you have to plan for the future, but when I was dealing more with the now mm -hmm. and being, well, to put it in, in more cliche terms, being just being present with what was happening right now, as opposed to trying to control the outcomes so that I could control their future, you know, like that's just too much, you know, and, and it all like in, in a lot of us have a proclivity towards anxiety, frankly, you know, so I just remember be anxious for nothing, but in all things by prayer and supplication with Thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So some of it, I just, you know, put it in, in my, in my prayer time, but uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, my anxieties, but it really did when I was dealing with what we actually had to deal with, as opposed to what we had to deal with, plus worrying about what this might mean for the future, I, I was just able to be there a lot more with them. Yeah. So speaking of the future, yes, being part of the board of directors uh, for the water agency, is it a step and a bigger trajectory for you? Can you envision running for Santa Cruz City Council or for California 25 or? I, I'm hoping that there are plenty other people that will take up the mantle and that will be encouraged in seeing that someone like them can run for office and win. Mm. I, I definitely don't think that I have all the answers and that everybody should listen to me or anything like that. <laughs> as far as that, I'm probably more conservative <laughs> like you, as in, you know, nobody should tell anybody what to do really uh, in, in that, you know, larger sense of of government, you know, should interfere less with people's lives in, in, in so, so many ways. And I definitely don't want to be that person in government telling people how they should be living their lives. I, as far as the future, who knows? I mean, I did not think a year and a half ago that I would be running for government. So, you know, every day is an opportunity and who knows where the path will take us. Yeah, every day is a new adventure. Um, I have a segue here back to water. One, one thing that's that you talked about the contaminants in water and we periodically see these local news stories about people dumping their medicine down the toilet. Right. And I know that contraceptives are among those medications that people do that with. And I'm just curious how how, if at all, that has entered into the conversation about the toxicity in water uh, on the water board. Well, our water is cleaned 
so it's not like we just get water you know we just pump it up the ground and that's it they they, they it does get cleaned in the process and it also you know the water that's imported as well gets cleaned um to remove all these extra stuff from the water as far as the amount exactly of them i think we just had a water quality report released um about a month a month or two ago um, which would state what the levels are, but I don't think it's anything of concern right now. So uh, X parts per million kind of a thing, those types of reports? Yes. I bet you're the kind of person that actually reads those things. <laughs> well, I, I, ha I feel like I have to. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind awesome. of like what I agreed to do by, you know, yeah. being on the waterboard. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. You said something else about importing water. Where is the water being imported from? So most of the water is coming from the state water project. Where is that water coming from? Yeah. It's a big conveyance. I've heard, sure, a few people have heard of the Delta Conveyance Project because they're trying to reinforce that tunnel way of water. But most of our water is coming from the Sierra Nevada, from okay. the mountain caps up there that when it snows the water then you know slowly melts goes down the streams goes into the sometimes underwater underground comes all the way down to us i like that you're using underwater rivers instead of the word aquifers it's much more accessible for us lay folk <laughs> i got another question for you about water I have a number of friends who live in the Great Lakes, and from time to time, there is a question, and the question has arisen this year, of whether the water from the Great Lakes could be somehow diverted to the West Coast to serve, or the Southwest to, to alleviate the droughts there. Is that ever any part of the discussion that you see on the water board? not at all because we're we're first of all i mean even desalination which could be another option of getting you know water because you know everybody thinks we're in california santa clarita i mean we are about an hour away from the ocean but in relative terms that seems really close um mm -hmm. even that is not something that is really even being discussed as a viable option also removing large quantities of water from the other side of our continent doesn't necessarily always end in a good way. That's certainly what the people of the Great Lakes think. So that's why I was curious because they're very up in arms about whether they need to lobby against this kind of idea because their water is, it has, you know, it ebbs in its flow, it flows, climate change is impacting it and uh, they have low water years. They're having one right now. Yeah, and, and water cycles are usually way more local. So once you start removing water from an, from its system, it's very hard for it to get it back. So really what we need to be focusing, in my opinion, is making sure that our, our, our resources that we have are protected and they can be maintained, they can be, you know, make sure that they can recharge when they when they get the chance. And the other thing is really recycled water as much as none of us really want to think about it. But there are ways to clean the water to the point where it can be potable again, which means drinkable for anybody that doesn't know. Uh, well, that's a really interesting. Have you gotten to see how that's done? Because I, I would imagine that just watching that and learning about that process is pretty interesting. 
yeah i mean we don't have anything like that right now here right now the only thing that we're capable of is really get to that grayish water kind of thing the recycled water that then you know there's the signs on the on the on the golf course or in the medians where it mm -hmm. says like recycled water don't drink it's usually purple pipes um oh. as well so if you see a purple pipe that's a recycled water pipe and because it hasn't been cleaned enough to the point where we can guarantee its safety for consumption but really at the end of the day if it goes through irrigation and then it goes through the ground and it, it gets cleaned you know on the way down back into our hopefully into our aquifers um buzzword will be a test at the end right <laughs> but recycled water really is the the only really way that we can ensure that we're going to have water because climate is changing we there's the it is getting warmer so hot warmer temperatures less water it doesn't end well i mean we, we we're seeing all the fires that we're having right now mm. we're seeing all the crazy storms that we're having on the east coast you know it's we we, we need to get to that point where we you know pause a second and have a real discussion about it not not by you know, political lines or anything like that, because really it doesn't, it's not gonna help you for if you're a Republican or a Democrat, if there's no water, like water is something we all need mm -hmm. and to bury our heads in the sand and just like, oh, we'll be fine. We've been thinking that we're not gonna have enough water for the past 50 years and look, we're still here. Okay, but can we do better? Yeah. Mm. At the end of the day, is there is there something that will work better? I mean. And this goes for everything. It goes for our school system. It goes for our court system. Every system that we have in place had was put in place a really long time ago. So maybe we should stop and realize that we are now in 2021 and see if there's anything else we can do to make things better, to work better, to work longer. But you know, people don't really want to have those conversations. Well, we're having it. <laughs> <laughs> So in addition to your, uh, I, I want to call it a farm, but I, I, I lost the word, not farm, uh, hobby, hobby farm, hobby farm. Is that? Yeah. Okay. So in addition to hobby farm, in addition to your work with the water agency, uh, you also support a number of nonprofits around town. One that I'd like you to tell us a little bit about is the local food bank. Yeah. The, the food bank is something that is, um, actually really important to one of my sons. Ever since he was little, he would make me, every time we saw a homeless person on the side, he would demand that I give them something. And he would shame me at the <laughs> age of three saying like, but you need to help them. Mm. And every year for his birthdays for the past, I wanna say five years, every time we ask him what he wants for his birthday, he asks that we donate to uh, food banks. Mm because and you know he's a really special kid <laughs> and yeah and it's great because you know he's he just turned 13 so it's been a while that he's you know hmm. been been interested in this and you know we as people we can't really make good decisions if we're hungry yeah and there's plenty to go around and we should definitely make sure we help the people around us um, so just for folks in Santa Clarita or around the country, uh, you can go to scvfoodpantry.org, uh, SCV for Santa Clarita Valley, 
foodpantry.org and find out more about it. And uh, was that the theme for his bar mitzvah or? Yeah, oddly enough, yes. That's awesome. <laughs> that is terrific. Um, okay, so I have one other question and then a little bit of business. Do you have any questions for us? Well, I don't know if I really have a question, but I would think that it would be helpful for people to understand how the waterboard works. Oh, mm. that's a great, uh, yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, cause I was looking it up and I didn't realize it, it just didn't occur to me. Okay. So there's the board of directors and then there's the people who work for it. And like the CEO is the same as the, you know, like, so yeah, please, uh, well, give, give us a, a, a filler. Uh, well, beyond that, it really is, you know, everybody knows about the water board meetings. And those are the meetings that happen on the first and third Tuesday of the month at 630. Now, beyond that, actually, where most of the work is done is in committees, each director is assigned to one or two committees. And those committees are really where the bulk of the work is done. So if people want to get involved, I would actually recommend them going to the meetings because um, aside from the fact that the meetings aren't really recorded, it's, it's, it's a great way to really be able to put input in the, you know, right there as things are getting, you know, thought up and really most of the discussion takes place in these committees. And the committee then can decide, decide if it wants to approve to move a topic to the board or if it's going to squash a topic. So for example, I'm on the finance and administration team uh, committee, then there is a water, water quality uh, and water resource committee, there is an outreach committee, and there is an engineering committee. So there are four committees that take place at different times, they take place once a month. And that is really where a lot of things are being done. Um, and then if something passes to the board, it either passes as a consent calendar, which means that we just vote on it in a bulk, or it goes for discussion. And if people wanted to find out about the meetings uh, and more about uh, SEV Water Agency, where can they where can they find that information? So they can go to the agency's website, um, your SEV Water. And you can write, there's a big button there that says board and committees, just click on it. It gives you what the next committee was, what, what happened. Um, also, well, we're still meeting on Zoom for this month. So in the packet, you have to click on the packet to find the link for the Zoom, which is my pet peeve, because I think that people are joining for the first time, won't know to look for the link in a packet. <laughs> Oh man, I have so many. I just next time I hang out with BJ, I'm just gonna smack him around a little bit. I just <laughs> listen. I I'm all for transparency, and I've been trying to get them to, you know, put more posts up in Spanish because as a bilingual person, I know that when I see something in Hebrew, it catches my eye. Even though I can read in English, and you know, <laughs> it's not a problem. Still, that seeing it in my in, in this other language just catches my attention in a different way. Yeah. And I think that it's really important that we start, you know, reaching out to more people. Also, if I can plug, yes, the, the, the water agency has rebates. People oh. don't know about that. And that's really, really important. And that's something that we're trying to get more people to know about. 
And actually right now is the best time because the fiscal year just started for the agency in July. So they have all the monies. So there's rebates for pool covers if you're interested in. There's rebates for replacing your front lawn. Oh. Yes. Go like Rocky, go to the Rocky Road. Native. The na natural landscaping. Or natural landscaping, because as we said about that more than half of our water is spent on yeah. outdoors. This is why I'm, I'm never going to be able to be your neighbor because my husband likes to mow grass too much. <laughs> well, my husband likes grass too, but we are winning him over slowly, slowly. <laughs> I need to put a, t a present a PowerPoint together on that one, Beth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> persuasion. It's about persuasion. Let him know how much it's going to cost him too, because that was another thing that we just had to vote on is that the rate has increased for everybody. Duly so. noted. Well, Beth, this was really educational for me. It was also fun just to hang out with you. It's it's long over. Uh, Jess, we decided we figured that we probably passed each other at these various uh, industry events where uh, I guess we both have a little bit of anxiety and big crowds and stuff. So it's just cool hanging out with you one on one. And I hope we get to do it in person. You know, I'm all vaccinated, so uh, it'd yeah. be fun just to hang out. Superhuman. That's uh, what he yeah. really means to say. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Um, I just, I really enjoyed it. And I, I, I really learned a lot. I learned a lot prepping for this conversation, but also just sitting down with you here today. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much. I really appreciate um, you having me and having an opportunity to, you know, explain a little bit about what we do and hopefully people will pick it up and get involved a little bit more because at the end of the day, the more people are involved and a part of the conversation, the better it is for all of us. Yeah. Engaged citizen. That's, I just, I love it. Uh, Jess, you be well, uh, best wishes and prayers Thanks. with your friends. Uh, I know you're working hard at that. So uh, as always, if you like the show, please hit that subscribe button, leave us a review and comments wherever you get your podcasts. And more importantly, tell a friend about us. Uh, now go talk some politics and religion, be an engaged citizen with gentleness and respect and have a great week. Thank you for joining us today. If you appreciate what you've heard here, please go to iTunes or anywhere you get your podcasts. Give us a five-star rating and leave a review. That really helps move us up the chart so others can find out what we're up to here. For Ronnie Nathan, I'm Corey Nathan, and we've been talking politics and religion without killing each other. We'll be back in a few days to do our little part in Tikkun Olam. <laughs>